Awesome. Kanchi, bonjour. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for episode eight of Research Time. I cannot believe how quickly the time has flied in order for us to finally get to episode eight, which is absolutely phenomenal. Um, today, I'm just waiting for my wonderful partner to join me and uh, hope we will conduct and hopefully have a phenomenal conversation about Indigenous pedagogy. Um, and its use and its actualization within the classroom in appropriate ways. So, uh, and Debbie is already joining me. So just hold on a sec, folks. Ah, okay, Tanshi, Debbie, how are you doing? Good. Good. That's awesome. It's wonderful to hear, though. And did, have you been any uh, up to anything with your with your family today? Um. Well, we have to go. Um... Well, we just like been staying home, eh? Yeah. But like, if we have to go out, we have to go out. So we have Absolutely. to go get some groceries and stuff earlier. Like, just a little bit more. Yeah. And you're wearing masks and everything, too? Yeah. yeah. Good. That's wonderful to hear. Awesome. Well, as we get started today, I think it's always a wonderful and really important practice to uh, do a land acknowledgement. So um, since we're both on Treaty 7, uh, we are currently located on the traditional territory of Mohkinsis, uh, Treaty 7, which uh, belongs to the Blackfoot Confederacy of Siksika, Ganai, Bagani, as well as Yahenokora and Sitena Nations. Uh, we also acknowledge that this territory is home to Métis Nation Region 3, uh, which is my nation. I am, of course, connected to uh, ancestral ties with Treaty 1 as well. Uh, finally, we like to acknowledge that all nations, Indigenous and non, uh, who live, work, play, and help support conversations like this occurring today, which is quite impactful and quite meaningful and quite important uh, to hold within, uh, within this capacity. So I'd like to say thank you so much for being able to join me today, lovely Debbie. So would you like to tell folks who you are, what you're up to, what you're all about? Okay, well, I'm a teacher. I'm teaching right now for the Sedoni Nakoda Nation. Um, I've had two positions now. One was teaching grade three, four, but a grade three split last year and nine. Um, little one. Nice. I go help with my uh, preschool. And, um, Excited to say that uh, I got accepted to start my master's in the fall. So that's awesome. And we started, and uh, yeah, doing a little bit of higher education now, getting out there. Wow, that's phenomenal, Debbie. And that's going to be, I hope, for you such a wonderful experience. And I'm honestly so happy for you and so excited for you. I think your voice is so meaningful for contributions within this specific field and, and any field honestly but like in this one too like your voice is so needed so i'm really excited uh for you to start that journey i think it's going to yeah, be absolutely like one year behind you <laughs> <laughs> but together always <laughs> mm -hmm. right it's beautiful oh, i'm so happy for you um, so I guess this is like a beautiful, you know, point to begin process of like analysis and looking at articles with really uh, critical lenses, but also as a way to look for uh, possibilities and and things to actually look into to further assist folks within the field of education specifically as well, especially with teachers and uh, support their pedagogy and and ways that they can be more inclusive within within the classroom too. So, uh, with with that in mind, uh, the article that Debbie and I have decided to review today is one by a professor that we have both had the um, honor to uh, to be able to work with in, in some capacity, which is named uh, Gladys Sturenberg. Um, so she looks at uh, considering indigenous knowledges and mathematics. Um, mathematics curriculum. So that's the that's the article that we will be reviewing today. Yeah. So she talks a lot about uh, like bridging that gap between like Western and traditional knowledge because of those the I guess questions. There's so much kind of fear built up around if you're like a Westerner like, you know, and you're learning indigenous ways of knowing. There's just that fear of if you're doing it right, or like the people that I've talked to did mm -hmm. our professional development, and that was what it was. It was fear of 
being told that we're doing it wrong or something. Mm. And I just, you know, told them the best way I could. Like, you just have to be invested. And in this article, she talks about that really invested in research. She mentions the time frame that it takes to be able to just want to say, like, if she's listening, this is like really, really well. And you can talk to her. Yeah. The teacher that she talked about to the connection that she made with her. She's, you know, it's almost like a field school, the best way I could explain it. Like she's there, mm-hmm. you know, making the connections with the student teacher. And yeah. Yeah. Not sure. She doesn't really mention too much about okay. Just yeah. Like, yeah, does the research help. I would like to know like where the reserve was. Just mention yeah, it did. It did. Yeah. And she also mentions uh, aspects of, I think, uh, uh, Ghana, if I'm not mistaken. I think she, she does include that in, in some capacities too, right? Yeah, I'm curious. I'm also very curious too. And I, I, I also commend her too with the intentionality behind it too, because she also mentions a particular framework uh, that she also conducted this work in, which is called an indigenous framework. And I honestly have not seen that occur too often within research articles that I've honestly seen in academia as of yet. And this is a, a wonderful step in the right direction too. And this is also prior to the Truth and Reconciliation Commission's calls to action as well. This, this article was created in 2013. So this is very intentional and very thoughtful preemptively to what folks are now wanting to actually do. Uh, in regards to actually conducting like indigenous research and truly doing so in an appropriate and very partnership way, which is which is wonderful to see. And well, she mentioned to a mentorship with uh, Professor Dr. Roy Little, mm-hmm. and he mentioned in the article that that relationship. He says it a few and really emphasizing on that, like building that relationship how you're going to be able to slide away from the fear you know mm. building that relationship is it's like this whole article build the relationship the teacher with elders and that was how she was able to mm-hmm. you know be gifted she was able to publish right well, wonderful. Thank you so much for, for sharing what the article is about. And I already love how we already went into a little bit of a conversation about it, too, um, which also uh, connects to the next point, which is talking about what we found interesting about the article. So what was some some of the highlights, some of the possibilities, some of the things that you were thinking about in regards to the, to the article? Well, I read it. So this was actually the first time I've read it. So when you sent it to me, like, and... Um being a student of her too, like this right. is a class that real teaching. I, I think that like something interesting was like, being able to think after actually been her student, like I really wish that, you know, I did my research on her <laughs> before I took her class, right? Yeah. So if you're listening, it's really good to, you know, take that time and, and read things that your props have written, bring it up to them talk to the conversation like, yeah this is something that I kind of could have should have would right absolutely and I think too with uh I feel lucky with now being able to do that within my own practice with being like a research assistant with a with another supervisor in Ottawa and I was able to preemptively read his work and then I also I was able to ask him questions about it and I think that also helps with understanding where their intentions are in like a face-to-face way, which is so wonderful to actually go through the experience of. So I I completely agree. And it's the same thing too, because I I wish that we were able to read this article within our undergrad. I think that would have been very substantial, especially within our indigenous perspectives class. Definitely beneficial. And like, that's something like this framework that she does in there, but she like does her research obviously, but she invests herself into the community 
And this kind of program needs to exist. We need that. That publish like teachers should be knowing this before it's coming to right? And like I'm not just thinking of I don't something kind of framework right yeah. to go on the repairs and you know making those those relations absolutely and I think it's very you know important to not uh it's it's important to be a part of the process and actually see the process in action to actually be a part of it like fully and entirely like it was wonderful with also tanya uh too because i was also able to be inside the we were inside the social studies class with her too and we were actually able to to be on the land with uh, with a wonderful elder who also showed us uh, and taught us teachings of various um, uh, uh, various plants like Gapsiwa and uh, and being able to offer those forms of like teachings, right? And and so those experiences are very foundational uh, because you're actually one making relationship with the elder you're able to actually connect and ask questions and really understand in that way but then also at the same time too you're also getting a wonderful experience because i always i always reflect on that memory too like it, it actually comes up often because i just loved that day i loved being with my friends i loved being with uh you know tanya and um, harley too and it was just it was we really cool went to for one of the classes and that's what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Getting outside of the classes that really have a traditional ways of knowing, right? Part of the love. That's one of my favorite things of being a teacher is being able to like get my kids up and saying like, you know, we're going outside and we're gonna take a walk. Like any to be outside. And this article really describes it well that it was just things that are meant to be that come into motion. Mm-hmm. She didn't expect the results that she got, but they put the plan in motion. And the end result was success, like change. And, but it was the groundwork that they wanted to put in. They wanted to do this. Yeah. Study, I guess, it's called a case study, maybe. And this I like to set my expectations high with my students because like, I want them to feel that you know, they're able to achieve anything. When we start, um, you know, lowering those expectations for our students and not, you know, expecting that much out of them, that's where we're falling short, thinking that they don't know or making that assumption. That's, you know, what it's about, right? Well, for me, teaching you just have to go to, you know, get out, get in the article, experience. Like, that's so many things that followed, all of these things that were meant for them to. a wonderful thing to to go about and to do too because there's so many teachings in regards to buffalo stones in regards to the UNESCO so even that is very meaningful and it's also very um, intentional too with the way that it's also being taught it, it's the experience in itself it's the it's actually making meaning out of it for your own ways for your own path and how you want to then use those teachings within 
your own experiences, you know, because at the end of the day, it's everyone's own journey and everyone's own life. So when mm. you're able to then, you know, culturally connect uh, notions to support education, that's where magic happens. That's where the beauty happens. And it's very impactful to, to offer students the opportunity to do that. Cause I don't, I don't know if students get a lot of opportunities like that, you know, that are really intentional like this. And now with COVID too, I'm even more considering how else are they going to have these experiences, these, these notions and these opportunities uh, to also go out and, and to do this uh, with, with uh, leaders supporting this, this pathway too. It's definitely, you know, it's definitely something at the back of my mind that I'm thinking about, but it makes me very curious, I guess, on how to, on how educators, I guess, will be able to, you know, support this really meaningful educational journey. Uh, and that brings up another months. question too for us, like how do we now, with all of these barriers with health, how do we now make this like meaningful education that we're talking about happening? You know, how do we do that? It's a big now. question, like waiting to hear, like I know where I'm working um, on the coordination work going back to scenario two, part-time studies, but then we're also thinking too before school I think it's going to be a community effort. I think if anything, like I think, I hope at least that folks will be able to come together and make solutions in that way because I feel like it's going to offer so many perspectives and so many voices that who knows maybe someone inside the room might actually potentially have a wonderful idea uh, to to potentially maybe facilitate a form of really meaningful um, educational experiences like the one presented in the article too and and really ensure that it's like appropriately sound too and it's a wonderful consideration and it's it's showing us how how much resilience we almost have as educators in a way where we're always going through so many shifts and so many differences and getting so many things thrown at us where we just always tackle it every single time it happens right and especially for you too because i'm only like an educator within this new way through research where I feel like I'm not inside the classroom. So of course I can't speak to that and how, you know, how that will look like for you specifically as well. But at least I can definitely understand how resilient you folks are. And I think it's really amazing and really beautiful. And it really is, I don't know, I just have no other words but to say amazing. Like it really is amazing and I commend you well, it's going all. it's to be a learning yeah. process for sure something that hasn't happened before so we don't really know right like I can tell you like my own personal like my children want to go back to school, you know and like am I that parent too like I'm also a parent right and like my kids are done staying home <laughs> you know what I mean like they want to go back to school and just it breaks them but like if you're you know I've always gave my daughters the option of a choice do you want this or do you want to do this? To be able to build that and to make their own choices. And I told them everything. Like, what if you're wearing masks? What if this is the scenario? What if you're sitting at your desk um, all day? Like, do you want that? Is that the okay. possibility of you know, what might happen? You're not going to be just, it's not going to be the same. Yeah. And they still want to go. You know, so I'm still on the fence. 
know, I have one going into junior high and one starting high school. Pivotal point lives where they should be expected, right? And we should be looking forward to another year, but you know, we just have to, you know, like there's other things too, like we have to keep our faith, right? Like I did mention to um, my principal, like I asked him to be able to smudge it, you know, and eventually teach them up things, cleansing the air, because that's what we believe. And our holistic way, right? And I just have to believe that if if they're coming to me, then you know, I have to keep them safe in the way possible. So there's that too, right? Like tattoos. And then they mentioned this in the article, so that's what it is. The article brings back to the article. <laughs> um like she invests her time in to understand that, right? She makes a relationship with another team and like in a way she like it seems like she I don't want to call her a student teacher because she's not a teacher. Right? Yeah. What is the teacher's name in here? Uh by Ronnie, I think is how they're uh yeah, being Ronnie. being shared. Yeah. Yeah, like she makes she mentions this relationship she makes like that's how she's able to mentor right? And she doesn't really say too much of like what she does, right? Yeah. Like I want to know, like, like I've had her assignments before. <laughs> <laughs> I know that her assignments are hard. Like, I, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. She just gives credit to everybody that's part of the art. Yeah. Doesn't too much about the research other than the time that was about to take. Right. What was it, four months? Yeah, it was a long period of time, exactly. Sent there, right? Yeah, yeah, and it was very intentional. To Dr. Leroy Littlebear, too, during this journey, right? Right. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's really uh, important, too, because, like, the the notions that she's also sharing to you within the article is important to not necessarily focus on her own voice because she isn't indigenous herself but instead an ally i would actually put her as um but instead what she's actually doing inside this article is truly and ultimately supporting the voices shared uh within this uh within this way within and doing so in such an appropriate way where there's not one thing in there i feel that doesn't that isn't included like it's like everything is included from what has happened within that journey i feel especially with that with that educator with the irony and being able to then articulate her voice or their voice i'm not too sure of the gender um of of their work and what they found within their own practice which is rooted in in the cultural uh relationship to the land and how that works is is very important in in the field of academia when working with um indigenous peoples is is the notion of truly ensuring that their voices are at the forefront of articles if it is going to be done um mm -hmm. especially if the person themselves is nicely in this article the quotes that she did use you know they were really powerful it definitely i've read it a few times yeah so it was kind of fun doing a little bit of homework <laughs> Well, I'm happy. <laughs> mm. That's wonderful. I think she did phenomenal. I think it was absolutely wonderful. Um, so with all of these notions now in mind, now we're going to shift the education, but not really shift it, still all connected. Uh, but now we're going to talk about what does treaty education mean to you? Treaty education. Well, <laughs> I think that like we did touch base a little bit on it about like being able to step outside of the classroom, right? And have that connection to build back. That. So it's super important. But not only our land, 
you also be, have to make that connection to the language. Mm -hmm. Where I work in Scully, Dakota um, Nation, um, they're, they're really connected to their language and they teach it, right? They teach it to their children, but not only that, like their children are fluent in it. Like they're growing up learning the language at home. And it's really interesting to see. So in order for me also to, like I'm a business, right? I'm Boston, I work on a stony reserve. Like I'm not teaching them my Boston ways of knowing, you know, it, and I'm sure it just comes out in my teaching just the way I am. But I also have to like invest myself in their and understand that, you know, when to go take a drink of water, they say it in their own language, you know, and I'm trying to like bring that in every day, something new, you know, or they'll have like, we'll have stony word of the day. So that was what I was teaching grade three for. Like I have to change it now for the age group preschool. But like, you know, they learn through play at that point. But, you know, language is a big, big part of it. So, you know, I have to be invested myself as a teacher into you know, stony language, right? Mm -hmm. And like, it's just not enough just to have the app on my computer, right? Yeah. Like, you really have to put that in. And that's again, bringing it back to the article, like the amount of research she put into this article is like astounding, right? Like, she was totally invested in what she was doing and look at the results. And that's the results you want, right? The progress. Yeah, absolutely. And it's very um, intentional with well, what you also shared too in regards to like really connecting to the land, but to the language and the language is also key and how it's also different per nation as well. Cause not, not all nations actually have the same, I guess, teachings, cultures, perspectives. And that's another thing that the article also shared too is how um how it's actually not a good thing when educators lump all indigenous people together because it's with the assumption that everyone has the same notion, the same cultural aspects have the same practices when that's actually not the case at all that's a that's a key notion i guess when I, in regards to like treaty education too and like i don't know if a lot of you know, I guess settler educational folks um, even know about the past occurrences with treaties, how they were created, the agreements that were made, and um, now how, you know, Indigenous nations uh, want to actually uh, support this knowledge and sharing this knowledge so that it's actually truthful and appropriate for folks to actually understand. Uh, within within that context, so it's um, it's really wonderful that that is also sort of raised within the article too, not directly, but it's definitely a part of the whole conversation and what this is all about too. Well, and she mentions too like um, the medicine wheel, which is like something I really like talking about, and how um, you can incorporate that in like so many different ways of like even just our our like way of life of like how we go from the baby stage to an adolescent to you know and then we're come full circle to an elder right and she makes mention of the medicine wheel and like it just seems like they just started this research and it was based through a mathematics, that's what it was, but it just branched out into so much more, like their connections to like the culture, their connections to how they were even doing like an archeology span dig, right? Like it yeah. wasn't just mathematics. No. And it was integrated in so many, like all subjects. You know, it kind of made a little bit of sense to me too about how our very last, do you remember the last assignment that we had? The integrated assignment where we had yes. how to integrate all Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> I remember that one. I it brought me back when I read that, I was like, she's integrating <laughs> into all different subjects. And it's just mainly math focused, but right. they touch based on so many different things like social and like, this was all just from their classroom, right?
right? Like, mm-hmm. it was really interesting to see. Yeah, like, I caught that one. Like, yeah, I'm happy you did because I I also thought about that too and how you know mathematics in itself too is also a kind of language. If because that's what one of my good friends too, who's at, who also is. Uh, wanting to go for their masters right now but anywho um they also mentioned that mathematics is truly a language and it's also up to you to kind of design and understand how you want to interpret that language so it's a, it's a form of like knowledge then if that's going to be the case of then understanding that language so i think it's really like a it's a it's a really interesting perspective to look at it through because it's not something that can just be understood right away. It's like a continuous practice of then involving yourself, immersing yourself and being involved within that whole process of actually coming to this knowledge and then using it in different beautiful ways, which is actually everywhere around us. Same with, you know, various aspects of, you know, our cultures um, and then also with various core subjects I guess too they're also connected in various ways too it's just different forms of knowledges and with that all in place what I think that is offered here is like a holistic perspective of how everything is connected and how beautiful that is mm-hmm. um, because only all educators actually thought about it through that lens I feel like it would offer a lot more connections and those interceptions together because everything shouldn't just be viewed as black and white, this is this, this is that. But instead, everything is truly gray, if you want to look at it that way, and have a means to connect with one another, which is really interesting. This article too is like really good to read if you're having trouble finding that starting point and you're yeah. wondering like and I remember we mentioned earlier about having that fear of you know what to do how do I do like this is how you do it right she really researched this part and when she talks about her research in this she mentions like what it took to build that relationship right so she had to you know and I, I'm sure it wasn't easy sure it wasn't easy yeah. to think about she mentions that you know they had superintendent had to be on board and the principal mm-hmm. and it wasn't just hey reaching out to this teacher can I do this case study and I'm assuming that she would have had to have like an elders approval right and community people had to be been on board for this so it's not just kind of like a hop skip and a jump right you're not gonna no. just get that right off and I really find that this article explains it really nicely that, you know, the level it takes to be able to access this type of knowledge, right? And in a respectful way, like Mm -hmm. I thought that she did it very, very respectful and, you know, like I said, I really wish I read this earlier, right? Yeah, absolutely. Me too. Me too. Me putting my hand up and about your article. (laughs) (laughs) and the thing is is with researchers too i feel like a lot of them if i I don't mean to generalize but what i've at least come to find within the field is that a lot of researchers love talking about their work they love discussing it and seeing what you want to then interpret from it and a lot of folks are very open to that especially in the field of like education like a lot of folks want their works used for conversations, especially like this occurring so that people can actually make meaning out of it within their own ways, which is really impactful and really important. I I think, yeah, these conversations are definitely needed within the classroom too. And especially with with being teacher candidates as well, even at that preliminary stage, um, prior to then going into the field of education. So you have a little bit more to think about, I guess, when you're actually practicing your your potential works for pedagogy and building your pedagogy, basically. And do you find that too, like in your master's now, like in, this is what you're doing, like you're researching, right? And like making these connections with these people, like, and you know, going about it in a respectful way, like that also gives you that you know, drive too to be able to do that. Like this is a learning experience too, right? Like I haven't 
did anything like this before. I was totally out of my comfort zone, but I thought it was an important conversation that had to be, you know, talked about. And after reading this article, like this is, you know, yeah, obviously if you're just kind of like tuning, you have to read the article to know. But like she does make all the, these connections on her own, hey? and the research is genuine for sure. It I is. really, really like that, um, you know, how um, she makes connections, not only just like to Blackfoot ways of knowing, yeah. but like she also talks about, explains why she says like Indigenous ways of knowing versus Aboriginal perspectives. Like she talks about that too in the article and says like, this is why I'm saying this the way I am. Mm-hmm. That was um, another one of the questions that I had, how, why she went from Indigenous ways of knowing in the article to, to Aboriginal perspectives. Like she explains this process and it was, you know, it made it easier to understand too, but like it was two separate things, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yet, and yet it's still connected as a way to grow and to understand various perspectives and how you know where the word aboriginal also comes from too and how it's not regarded in a very high way for us um so it's good that she was intentional with it and that she thought about it too and it's definitely something that i hope that a lot of researchers and also educators are also questioning too and being critical of as well as the language of which they are also teaching and instructing their own classrooms as well. And knowledge in that way with through language is very key because it offers connection. It offers our way to actually be able to just truly make sense of our voices and our capacity to share our voices. And language is the way to offer that. Language is key. So for her to also share in that way of, of the change, of the difference of, of word usages, I think that's really important. And also another conversation to also hold to in that way, because I think it is, again, like really important for, for educators and researchers themselves to also think about the languages that they're also using within the classroom. And what is actually, what is coming up for them naturally and seeing or just maybe something that they can I don't know maybe see to 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 change maybe one day if it, if it's something that they might not want to be you know sharing from their voices so it's uh yeah it's ingrained a little bit language in the article too they bring up like having that like they bring up tokenism right yeah. and the idea of this came from she didn't want it to be like the teacher didn't want it to be that it didn't want it to be something like they just did an arts and crafts project like she mentions in the article right she wanted it to be like building a foundation in her students something that they would be able to dab on their prior knowledge right bringing in that prior knowledge like and they're going to be able to draw back to this experiences now with these this teacher but she didn't want it to be in any way she calls it tokenism right and right she didn't want it to and she speaks of her own experience the teacher and how she was in school and that's how it felt like let's talk you know um and make things out of construction paper and she talks about it being almost like a tokenism right like she didn't want it to be her teaching didn't want it to be that way and i really related to that on why i pushed so hard to be the teacher i am and you know like i mentioned earlier like building that it's not like it is like you would say your professional development but that's not the only reason i'm doing it like building communications where i work to be that stronger leader you know in front of my classroom know like I want my students to know that you know their culture is valued like I value it you know I'm I'm here and I'm learning alongside of you and like I make mistakes maybe and like that's okay Mm -hmm. like I mentioned to you before like I just tell my students just to try 
that's all you have to do it's just try you know mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be right it doesn't have to be wrong and like you know sometimes and I have students who are like you know fearful of writing that big paragraph you know I'm just like just try that's all you have to do you know not marking you on if it's gonna be you know correct spelling we just want you to start writing you know right. what I mean and having that um, positive reinforcement with them for them to know that they're not going to make that mistake right and right. it really shows the type of teacher she did just byrony byrony is her name mm-hmm. or i'm assuming it's a she <laughs> yeah i i want you to <laughs> but, um, you can you can really uh feel like the kind yeah. of teacher she is through this you know article and you know she really wanted something more yeah for her students than just the average curriculum that you know we're told to teach right right you have to right. be able to be invested in more and especially if you're going to venture out and teach on reserve like i mentioned before like i'm black friday you know what i mean i'm teaching on a stony reserve and like i have to be invested in right you know and i have to be able to you know seek out an elder to be able to mentorship me is this a good idea i'm thinking of doing this you know and there's so much more and i think that's what's nice about this article that she mentions all the connections she had to make just for this to get going mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's the kind of level you're looking at mm-hmm. to be able to get these type of results yeah absolutely with our kids Absolutely. It's the relationships and the relationships are key to create and it's it's okay to make mistakes along the way too as you also mentioned as well. It's also something I I truly believe every single day. Like that's where we honestly learn the most about ourselves is through the mistakes that we make. It's just being able to bounce back afterwards and not taking it as a means to be discouraged, but rather as more of a motivation to then uh work towards uh supporting yourself in in better ways or through different perspectives or whatever the case of wherever the mistake was made and that's the same with you know you students we always want to say you got to grow from it yeah okay. and that's what it is just keep growing and growing yeah. even just when we mentioned too like being a lifelong learner that's what mm. education is like you're just invested in lifelong learner for life yeah. lockdown <laughs> yeah that's beautiful because i also look at myself i'm not necessarily like a true researcher yet i i still look at myself as a student so i'm a student of curriculum inquiry that's that's literally my label that's what i like to call myself and i feel like that we're all students in a way still even even throughout all of our stages i feel that we're still students we're still learners and we're still growing in hopefully beautiful ways at least but you know it's just it really depends on your intentionality and and the way that you want to grow also from the mistakes or from the experiences that you're given yeah open hearts open minds right yeah so much in this article okay you just have to read it <laughs> absolutely and it's It's um I think it's accessible. Um if not I'm also very happy to uh to share the DOI which is the link that you press to then connect it uh through the internet and then you can see the article through that way. So I'm happy to also uh connect the article um after we um complete our conversation here but yeah it's um it's a really wonderful article to read. Very easy to read too, might I add. It's very easy. And what was the last question? Ooh, last question. Uh, <laughs> last one. Um, how can educators be more conscious when teaching Indigenous notions in the classroom? Okay, yeah. So we talked about that, right? Being invested in in what you're knowing, well, what you're wanting to know, right? But I think too, you have to really explain mm-hmm. your intentions, right? Mm-hmm. I've had a conversation before with uh, one of the elders, and like this is. this is would be what i would say like this is why i want to know these are my intentions right this is and and be straightforward about it right you know like that's the thing about you have to be humble right and if you don't know then you don't know and don't be ashamed to say you know like tell them you know 
And I, I think that when you're asking to, um, you have to remember, like, they're not going to tell you uh, how to solve your problem or this is yeah. what you need to do. They're going to maybe tell you in a story, maybe if they're, you know, funny, they'll tell you in a riddle. <laughs> and it's really <laughs> to build up that problem solving skills, right? Yeah. Of your own and figuring out your own problems. And like a few times, you know, having a conversation with my mom, like my mom's about there, you know? And I'm like, just tell me what to do. What do I need to do, you know? But like, that's how it's gonna be. Like, it's gonna be your own, but at the end, it's your own project, your own growing, right? That medicine way of life right and that's how you're going to choose to fill that but you know be intentional in what you want to learn and be straightforward about it humble you know and go in like listening ready to listen right so that's what I would say if you're going to you know become a teacher yeah <laughs> Absolutely. Open mind and an open heart gets you a long way. <laughs> but also just in life too, it's just really important to be open-minded, open to new knowledge, new perspectives. And I think especially with what is going on in the world right now too, I feel like a lot more kindness and a lot more compassion could go a long way as well, I think. Mm -hmm. And it just depends on the person and what they're willing to maybe unlearn for their own selves and, and become, you know, decolonized in that way. And then to then learn again and to build and to actually be intentional with what they want to learn through that journey. Because it is a learning journey and it is a learning process. So I think that's, no, that's a good too. Like I wanted to mention, like you're documenting you know what I mean you're documenting these and that's another thing we need to start you know really focusing on like having these documented these conversations and you know that's a way of like kind of bridging that gap to from tech like traditional to technology right and our traditional mm -hmm. is speaking right oral tradition yeah. like the technology gap, like we've got to be able to have that. Like our kids are, you know, coming into our classrooms and, you know, technology driven, right? And that's just the way things are. And uh, having things documented isn't gonna hurt, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, thank you. Thank you for, for sharing that too, because like that's why I wanted to hold these conversations too is to be more accessible I think with folks and then coming to learn new ideas new perspectives new intentions uh, especially for educators to then use when within their own classrooms or even with folks too because I know that a lot of folks who aren't educators also listen to the podcast as well and they also take what they wish to and I feel that that's really impactful and that's really beautiful. And I think these conversations are really meaningful in that way. And so I really, I really thank you for sharing that with me too, because that actually means a lot that I, that I, that I hope that it's working and I hope that it's, it, it is working. Sorry, I'm getting a little emotional because like this has honestly been like a baby of mine for like eight, nine weeks, right? Oh, thank you, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. Ryan's always there. Um, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's been it's been a journey and it's been a lot of learning and a lot of opportunities for growth and I really do appreciate you know you being able to be with me today specifically as well and to you know share your voice and share your knowledge and everything with what is happening in this conversation is also happening I hope within my intentions with my research too because I just want it to help you know <laughs> yeah, I'm this just for you, like stepping out of my comfort zone and going live on Instagram, like because you asked me, and you know you're a friend of mine, and you know helped me a lot through our undergrad. If we didn't mention how we know each other too, we did our undergrad, but we had different journeys. You know what I mean? Like 
it came to a point too at the end of our undergrad that you know you just had to be solely focused on what you were doing it was like we'd see each other in the hallways and be like hey hey how's it going and we were gone again right yep. you know so like we had our own journeys but like we just keep meeting up right so that's how we know it's meant to be right keep meeting absolutely up yeah that's beautiful it's beautiful and i cherish you and i love you <laughs> i just appreciate <laughs> you very much in my life <laughs> well debbie lovely debbie um is there anything else that you'd also like to discuss uh with the article or with anything at all uh, no i think i think we did pretty good i hope i hope if she was watching or she gets this, <laughs> that, thought we did a good job I hope so. Mm-hmm. I hope so. I think she'll let us know too because I did tell her about the link and the article and everything. So just it, for folks also listening to, uh, we actually know the researcher who created this article. Um, so with that in mind as well, we also wanted to practice like intentionality within our relationship with the researcher too to ensure that they also had awareness uh, that we were holding this conversation today. So we just wanted to be transparent with them and they gave us well wishes and, you know, blessings to, to have it. Like to let her know that, you know, that was what we were, our intentions were just to, you know, discuss it and, you know, bring up the really good points and throughout it, hopefully, you know, encourage you to read it yourself and see what you mm-hmm. think about it, you know. Madeline's always wanting feedback. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Live and breathe it. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, merci. And truly, like, just thank you so much for your time and, like, I could tell that you put in a lot of effort within this conversation too. And it's so meaningful to me that you also took it like very, very personally, but in such a beautiful way. And I really thank you for that because you also offered me a lot of wonderful learning opportunities to also consider too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's what it is, right? Just giving that, you know, and it's, it's, and it's just the pain. Yeah. The topic of it, like we could talk about so many different things, me and you, right? Yeah. But like, absolutely. Just the focus on that and offer like the knowledge. Like your dog just walked by you. Yeah. <laughs> Murphy is like, hey, I'm here. What's up? <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> and being able to like share, right? That's what it yeah. is. Share you'll you'll take what you need out of this conversation when you listen absolutely absolutely and and that's just it that's key oh buddy okay all right (laughs) all right well all right love thank you so much for joining me again and i hope you have a wonderful night okay thanks a lot bye